Um, we do a lot of uh, teaching and education, so we're, we have in the past posted a lot of this on the web page, so we're going to just try to make it in a format that's easier for my people to put it on the web page, so, so that your questions, uh, a lot of people may have those questions, and then they can share in that. So I'm, I'm Dr. James. I've been in clinical work since 1980. My son, Scott, he's a, an herbalist. And he's, he's an awesome herbalist, but the sad thing is a poor kid stands in my shadow, you know. So we've got to break him out here, you know. He, he's awesome, but, you know, people want to talk to the doctor. Well, he's a doctor in his own right, and he's a very good doctor. And then my sweetheart, Veronica, she's a mother of our 11 children. So a lot of our experiences have been in our own family. Uh, I'm coughing and hacking. I'm a, an example of not taking your own medicine, so... Uh, forgive me. Uh, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, gluten intolerance. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking back and forth together and, and make little notes. And if you have questions, then we'll have a, a, a period where we'll open it up to questions so that we can address uh, uh, your questions and talk with you instead of just at you. Um, I wanted to take some time and and describe what gluten uh, intolerance is. Awesome. In the definition of a naturopath, it's a lot different than a medical doctor. Some medical doctors will accept gluten intolerance as a problem. Others will just, you know, they have no clue that diet has anything to do with illness. So let me tell you what happens. And a grain looks like a rice seed. Okay? People that think oats are just oatmeal are misled because it starts as a grain. Now, somewhere in some obscure literature, it claimed that grain was a staff of life, okay? And in that obscure literature, uh, it talks a lot about grain, nuts, and seeds being for, for our dietary. Now, what we have today is a society that does not eat grain. We do not eat grain. We eat grain products. And that's where we get the, the disease or the illness of gluten intolerance. Are there anybody that's gluten intolerant? So I'm talking, okay. Yeah. And, and, and friends, that you hear, oh, they're gluten intolerant. Well, I'm, go I'm going to take the opportunity, opportunity to explain how this happened. If grain is what we're supposed to be eating, how come these people can't eat it? You have a comment anytime you jump in here. Okay? I, I, I don't want to be a one-man show here. But grain has a germ. Now, they take this germ out of the grain so that it will store. Everybody has heard of degerminated corn. Okay? And in the society, in the society we have... Oh, don't be shy. If you're late, you sit up front. See, oh, these, these guys got here early so they can sit on the back row. And we can pull all this back into a back row. Okay. So, 
grain has a germ. Now this germ is the life of the grain. If it's gone, it won't sprout. It won't turn into another plant, another seed. However, this is ever so nourishing to our bodies. It supports and feeds our reproductive system. Now, people say, well, I don't, have a, I don't want to have a reproductive system. I, want, I don't want to have any more children. Irregardless, the nutrients here feed us. Okay? But very little of the germ even exists in our dietary today. You go into the grocery store and you pick up a whole grain bread that says whole wheat. It does not have the germ. doesn't have it. Then right next to... Right next to the, I did, here, give me another color, got a black one. We can have a hard time those staying on the table. Right much. next to the outside of the fiber, or the color of the grain, are most all the vitamins, minerals, nutrients. So, they take that husk off, and the reason they take that off is so that it's, it stores better. It has nothing to do with, with health for you, it's that it stores better. So they take that off and they take all the vitamins and minerals. So then what we have left is the goo. It's akin to beet or sugar cane, good food, and white flour. They process it. So if you have a gluten intolerance, you have developed a problem with rice or, or whatever, the gluten. And now the gluten is the goo. It's the paste. You know, how, how many of us are old enough to or stirred up white flour and had paste? Okay? I've eaten my share of paste at school. Okay? Didn't like it, but I've, I've tasted it. But it's the glue. So when people say, I have a gluten intolerance, they don't necessarily have an allergy to grain. They have an allergy to what's left, the goo. Now, one thing about food is that there's digestive enzymes in food. And in order to have a digestive enzyme to digest beans or grain or whatever, you have to get it from the food itself. And that's the miracle of most of the foods that we eat is they have all of the, the proper enzymes and the, what we need to break them down properly. And every time we process a food, it becomes harder and harder for our body to break down and more and more simplified. Um, actually, for instance, a grain, when you um, cook it as a whole seed, it's four calories per gram. Um, but when you grind it and turn it to white flour, it's like seven calories Is per gram. One calorie per gram. One calorie per gram. One calorie four. per gram. Then it's five calories per gram once it's a powder. And it turn and every process you actually render more and more calories and it enters your system really quickly and the more, quicker it enters your system then your body has to deal with all of that energy or all of that sugar at once where when it's not simplified when it's a whole grain it takes time for our body to break it down and to utilize the nutrients in it so it's not all that sugar in our system right now and our body has to do something with it it's kind of like a time release mechanism that's perfectly natural and how foods are actually supposed to break down. They aren't supposed to instantly all of the sugar in our system at once, but slowly enter in as it breaks down. I'm glad you brought up the word sugar. Because another word for this goo inside is sugar. With the outside, it, it becomes a complex sugar molecule. 
let me give you an easy definition that I use a lot is that grain is a starch. Starch and carbohydrate are not the same. But when you process it, you make a carbohydrate. Okay? Starch, good. Brown rice. White rice. Carbohydrate, not so good. Okay? So, we in America only have the goo, the sugar. Now, it, sugar in our bloodstream is good. Your brain will shut off if there's not sugar in your brain. Plain and simple. However, there's a big difference between taking a tablespoon of, of, of white, uh, white sugar off a spoon and eating an apple or an orange. Worlds apart. In fact, people don't eat fruit because they're afraid, oh my goodness, it has sugar. Well, quit drinking water if you have that attitude because it's got hydrogen and that's a, a, a poisonous high explosive. <laughs> so if you begin to pull stuff out of your food and, and things like that, you begin to lessen the effect of it actually being a food. You get to the point where it's, it's glue, sticky, nasty stuff. So, yes, there is a gluten illness, but it is because we haven't any whole grain in America. We have processed grain. And the individuals that have those sensitivities <coughs> can't digest the goo, the goo inside. And one of the misunderstandings about sugar is that sugar is actually the only thing that fuels our brain. And it's actually glucose is the only sugar that fuels our brain. So when we're talking about glucose intolerance or uh, whether it raises our glucose levels or not, we have to have glucose to power our brains. If you completely eliminate sugar or anything that has glucose in it, your brain shuts down. That's the only thing that gives it. shuts down very regularly <laughs> at times. You know those hypoglycemic lows? You know when that happens. Like, oh my goodness, just let me sit here. Leave me alone. Don't ask me a question. And the, the thing about that, why that happens is because this is a simplified sugar. So it goes in the bloodstream quick, but it also runs out quick. It just, it's gone. You know when you're gone and you're hypoglycemic, oh my goodness, my brain's off. Okay? There's things to do about this. Now, what we want to talk about a little bit, I'm going to sit down because I've, I've drawn this illustration, but you need to realize that um, grain is the staff of life. Now, I've had a lot of hypoglycemic people or uh, gluten intolerant people say, well, I've, 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 uh, I do whole grain and I still have this problem. Well, there's another problem with grain is that you cannot combine it with protein. Actually, there was a guy that, uh, when I was working here, that he came in and he told me he was allergic to corn and he was allergic to wheat and he was allergic to so many different grains and everything. And I told him, stop combining them with proteins. Just food combine it properly. And it wasn't very long and he came back and he was like, I'm not actually allergic to wheat or <laughs> corn or any of these other things. It was actually the interaction of the the protein and the starches in the stomach at the same time because they can't break down. Proteins require a lot of acid in your stomach to break down properly. That's just how they are. It takes a lot of acid to break them down and turn them to their individual amino acids and something that our body can utilize. Where starches take a lot of alkaline enzymes. They take enzymes to activate the nutrients in them and get them to break down properly so our body can use them. So our digestion environments are so different that when you eat them together, you don't digest either properly, 
and oftentimes can have all kinds of issues from the process of digesting. So, we'll get to your question in just one minute. Sorry about that. Write please, it down. Please so write it down. Write it down. Okay. Um, one of the, with starch, the pH to digest starch is between 6.5 and 7. That's the enzymes that are brought into the digestive tract to digest the starch. Protein is between 1 and 2. So when you eat them in the same meal, which is the American diet, protein and starch, they fight. And that many times is what people think is a gluten intolerance. But also, after years of abusing our bodies, which a lot of us do, um, our digestive tracts become debased. They become um, sick and aren't functioning properly because of not eating properly and not cleansing properly. And um, so it can get to a point that, yes, we can't handle eating gluten because we've had so much that our body just can't handle it anymore. And we have to get to the point that we actually have to clean out our digestive tract and heal it to the point that it can handle it. Because there are people that absolutely cannot handle the grain um, until their digestive tract is healed to the point that they can. And what, what it gives them is the runs or, or, or constipation. So we're going to, now that we've kind of defined uh, gluten intolerance, we're going to take questions just whenever they occur because we don't want you to forget your questions. Because we don't want to be yammering at you, we want you to understand what's going on. So we had a question here. Do you still want to ask that question? Oh, man? I'm just thinking about when I make chili. When you I make chili? I should do it with beans or meat, but not both. Well, there's there's a little simple trick. Maybe Veronica can explain sprouting for us. If you want to mix them, sprout your beans. Otherwise, do not mix them. People blame the beans on the gas. It's not the beans that cause the gas. It is the combination of the meat and the beans, and then you add onions also. And so the combination of that, beans and onions are going to be just fine, and you won't have any gas. But anytime you add Should meat... Should I leave the onions out with the meat? Um, no, you don't have to. Okay. No. But um, our family, we eat lots of beans. We love it. But we don't put the meat in the beans. But if we go somewhere, if we happen to eat some chili beans, and we don't ever have gas from beans. It just doesn't cause that. Um, if we go somewhere and we eat any beans that have meat in them, immediately we're going to be bloated and having issues and all kinds of stuff. Try it. Put it to the test. You'll know that it's true. But if you're going to sprout them, how would you sprout them? Um, wow. Simply. Yeah, just, okay. it's just real simple. You just need to soak them, but you need to look that up. Change, than change the water fairly regularly that. so it doesn't go sour. There's some good drinks. Uh, on one of yeah, the resources we have here is grain. Uh, is Karen. Karen is an expert at sprouting grain, drying it, and then grinding it. So if you sprout grain, it no longer has the requirement of a pH of six, six to seven. It's now a vegetable. Now it's a now it's a vegetable, and the and you can di you can combine it with anything. So there, there's your answer for, for chili beans. Make a big difference. It's not the bean that it's not the bean, but it gets a wrap. But if you're going to make chili, also make it with just meat. You know, you can right. make some really good. Well, we chili. just found a recipe a while back for that. Good. It's great. Yeah, awesome. And we always thought, oh, we can throw beans in here to stretch it. Well, we're not going to do that. Good. Beans. <laughs> awesome. Go ahead. It's kind of long, but I have a daughter that's 20. And since she was like five, major stomach issues, and um, we were here, so we didn't have access to a pediatric gastroenterologist, um, but they diagnosed her with IBS, and then she went through a period where they thought she had a gluten issue, and she went off gluten, and it was no better, and um, 
when she became an adult at 18, she could see a, a gastro guy in Albuquerque, which is where she is now, and he diagnosed her with gastroparesis. But she still struggles with major stomach issues, diarrhea. She's a dancer, so it really... Um, Cuts into things, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And, <clears throat> I mean, the poor baby, since she's been just little bitty, has always contended with some sort of stomach issue. Well, any time there's stomach issues or digestion issues, we look at health so differently than the medical field. If it has to do with the digestive tract, we heal the whole digestive tract. We which don't actually, care whether it is. Quite exactly, whether it's diverticulitis, diverticulosis, um, I don't care what type of digestive issue it is, we'd use Colser. We'd use Colser and sometimes Zyme depending on the symptoms. Colser is phenomenal for killing out... Uh, cleaning out the colon and getting rid of the mucosal rope and healing uh, polyps in the colon, but also helping to get rid of irritable bowel. Sometimes people will go from diarrhea to constipation and back and forth, and a lot of that comes from just needing to restore the flora in the digestive tract, but also to clean up the digestive tract and give it the nutrients it needs to actually uh, work with the food properly. And, and food combining. I have people with digestive tract problems coming in all the time. And without question, if they will food combine properly, just religiously, 90% of the problems are gone. You know, our philosophy is what system is affected. We don't necessarily care exactly what it is, you know, what name it is. It's what system is involved. And then, the, then we nourish and heal that, that system. We were created by somebody who knew what he was doing. All we have to do is feed and nourish that system so it can do what it's designed to do. And many times it's because it's malnourished or it's toxic. A lot of people say, well, I, I eat organic this, and how could, how could that be a problem? It is a problem because just metabolic processes, we get rid of 4 to 8 million cells a day. So just that process. So uh, Colser would be absolutely one of the first things I would put her on and then just try to help her understand food combining. And what was the other thing you mentioned? Uh, Zyme. Zyme. Um, Zyme is for like stomach aches or if she has a really irritable stomach. She does. Um, but also something that needs to, uh, to help control um, the diarrhea versus constipation, she should have Cleanlax and colonic caps on hand. Cleanlax will help to make sure um, when she's constipated she can continue to move. But colonic caps, um, anytime she's having uh, diarrhea problems, she can use colonic caps to absorb that extra moisture and to make it so she has more control of her bowels. And usually for her, it's not constipation. It's the other end. And it's... Then colonic caps, colonic caps will help her to hold on to the... Help her to have enough control that it's not just diarrhea. Let, she can take however much she needs to absorb all that extra moisture in there so it'll be able to move through better and she can hold it. Have you heard of food combining? I did. Just recently? Yes. Yeah, I brought them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Because when when people even like that, if they haven't heard about the herbs or anything like that, we have people that just walk in and they're all walks of life or anything. And one thing that they can change is they don't have to change anything that they eat. Change what you combine it with, and you will have miracles in your life. Miracles. You know, and incidentally, it's it's interesting. We've talked about processing grain. If the outside of the grain was utilized in our diet and the germ, the, the digestive tract would work so much better because you're concerned with her or she's concerned with, with being run off. 
you know, that's that's a symptom of not having enough roughage. A lot of times, well, you, you know, you're constipated, you have more roughage. No, it balances out the digestion. It uh, Fiber by it balances out the digestive tract. So the lack of the whole grain has made a lot of people have some real issues. So gluten, people that have gluten can be rebuilt, their digestive tract can be rebuilt so that they can tolerate whole grain. I want you to get, get another concept, is that <clears throat> we're a donut. Our digestive tract as a whole, it's not part of us. Okay? It's not part of us until the digestive tract, the enzymes, all those things work to put it into our blood, then it becomes part of us. So a lot of times, if we look at it that way and realize, you know, what we eat is not part of us and, until we absorb it. And if there's a if there's a problem with the bowels like being run off, there's there's some toxicity, there's some problem that has to be addressed so you can take that good wholesome organic food and make it part of the body by getting it into the tissues and the bloodstream. Okay? And one of the reasons it's so important for individuals to understand gluten intolerance and other things like that is because they really shy away from grains. Especially a lot of people in the medical field, well, in the natural medical field, they shy away from grains. But grains are so phenomenal in having a B-complex and having so many things we need for emotional stability as well as fertility and all kinds of things. Um, fertility has gone way down in America. Um, and it's plummeting still. And a large part of that has to do with grains. Um, so where do you get the good grains, though? The good grains? Here. Karen's got some. <laughs> um, basically, you don't want them to be genetically modified. Um, genetic modification means that they have taken um, a fish or something that is com would never naturally end up in the grain and combined it with it so they can uh, spray poison on it and the poison won't kill it. One of the grains that generally is not whole uh, is barley. Now barley we generally buy whole because it has a very, but it's not, um, it has a, it's not white. It's still going to be the whole grain. It just has a, an outer husk that it's okay to take off. And so you would buy whole barley or it could be called wholeless barley. But what you find in the grocery store Pearl is barley. way away. Pearl <laughs> barley is way far away from a whole grain. And we even bought some, or for an example, it's in a box and looks like oatmeal. But it's instant barley. Yuck. Process. Yeah. Is that Every no, a whole grain? No. So I was just talking to a guy about bread. He made, he's the bread maker in the house. And he said that you know he was having good success doing a whole grain. But it, it was so much different when he uh, got a, a meal, a where he ground his own flour. Now I'm not selling meals, but the freshness of that grain, it just, I mean, he was not having any problems at all. There's nothing better than fresh ground flour <laughs> and you make pancakes. Oh, that's so good. Maple, oh, maple, yeah, maple, and maple. when we had the cow on the farm, oh, buttermilk, oh, so good. <laughs> so we think we're getting the natural thing. We think we're getting... Uh, awesome. uh, like oh, I had silk cut oats. Yes, silk oats oats yeah, is better than oatmeal. However, oatmeal was uh, was uh, steam flashed, cooked, so that they could smash it. All right, Bar so we have some samples here that are um, the barley with the hulls on them, and then the hulled barley. That's correct. Yeah, or the pearled right? barley. The pearled barley. barley. And the hulled or hullless. 
Yep. Okay. The, sounds great, but the yeah. So this is the pearled and this is the holus? The dark one is the holus. The holus. Is pearled. Is the pearled. Okay. Yeah, which has the brown. We'll pass that around. So, so you guys can so take a look the, at that. The coulser. Yes. For, to uh, cleanse your digestive system. So when you're taking that, um, is it going to cause diarrhea? Is it going to cause any of that stuff going on? Or are you... Culture is an alternative. It changes the the function. Of the, it heals the digestive tract. Right, right. Uh, there's no. Uh, well, it normalizes digestive tract function. No harsh reaction. No. Okay. In the first place, when I started taking it, though, many years ago, and healing things, it can cause tremendous gas. Well, yeah. And so as it's healing, it's that's, breaking up. All right. So, so just be aware of that. Yeah. Okay. It's, okay. You could have Very gas. <laughs> I gotta yeah, tell you, I was the one that he's talking about, and I started coming to him, and he's totally healed himself. Whatever he says, do. <laughs> but he couldn't have healed well, no, you. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. He couldn't have again. healed you. You had to take the herbs. Well, you had yes. to do it. And well, that's the difference on whether taking, he can heal you or not. I was taking his herbs, the coleslaw, the chronic cats, took tissue mend. And you had an awesome side effect of tissue men. <laughs> I did. So I have a sister that has Lyme disease right now, and she's apparently had it for a good bit of time, doesn't know when she contracted it. But it's just wreaking havoc with her system. And I was wondering if there's anything we could, you might suggest. Lyme disease. Um, yes, I ignore Lyme disease. You ignore it. Yes, because I make the body so healthy that the effect of the of the ticks getting in the body and ch and doing some things does not affect the body anymore. Okay. But it's been there for a while. It doesn't matter if it's doesn't there. Matter. If you change okay. the environment, it becomes. I mean, everything in your body that we could see and test was doing what it ought to be doing. Would all be dead. Would all be dead now. I'm not saying there's not specific things that we can do for Lyme's disease. We need to do those. Changing the pH, getting, getting, dealing with the systems that it involves, healing that, Lyme disease is no longer a problem. Okay. Like with your question of, it's been there a long time, can we fix it? If we were to take um, saltwater fish and put them in freshwater tanks, they would die. Change the environment, okay? And so what he does is you change the environment and that ailment, the Lyme disease, and the things that are happening with that go away. They're no longer, um, they can't live in that environment. Right. So they can be so taken care of. Would you need to do a blood test to identify what she would need to have happen? Well, there's a different type of blood test that I do. Um, I don't do quantitative blood tests right. like checking potassium yeah. and, not, you know, and things like that. But I check the health of the blood, and that's with dry blood analysis. And what I'm looking at is nutrient deficiencies and or toxicities, okay? What I need to, to check her blood, it's always a nice thing to find out where the body is. Um, but taking care of the health of the body and the nutrition of the body, all these things that are affecting the body begin to change. Excuse me. So... First off, pH is critical with Lyme disease. And when I'm talking about pH and people that are maybe hearing this will hear this on the Internet, I'm not talking about blood pH. Blood pH has a specific that it's got to stay in. I'm talking about tissue pH, 
the only way to check that is with uh, urine, okay? And it needs to be uh, between 8 and 7.2. And the easiest way to change it is with baking soda. You can either put a teaspoon of baking soda in a gallon of water and drink that, or you can just take that teaspoon of baking soda and put it in a shot glass and chug it down. And it, it's horrid. <laughs> or, or, it or, is. Or you can it's do horrid. another horrid thing that people, I like it, it's called uh, wheatgrass. Wheatgrass will also massively change Oh, but wheatgrass tastes so good. Especially if you grow your own. We've never figured out. What is it? Grow uh, your if own you bit? grow your own, it's so different. Oh, we've used wheatgrass that we bought from a nursery or whatever, and we've juiced it, and it has a nasty, bitter taste to it. But every time we grow it ourselves, for some reason it has that sweet taste, but not the bitter. And I don't know why it is. I don't know if they spray something on it. I don't know if they do something weird, but we got it from an organic growing place and... Always, it's always weird. it's better when you do your own. And that will alkalize the body tremendously. And these products that Karen may have on her shelves that has wheatgrass powder, you know, that's that's just as effective. Also, throwing it in your smoothie or your lumpy, depending on however you make it. Okay? <laughs> I prefer smoothies versus lumpies. Lumpies can yeah. get pretty nasty. Okay? Any other questions about what we've discussed? Wow. What about uh, leaky gut? Leaky gut it, it, it is taken care by the same regime that we would use for, and that's a very good question. And how do you how do you examine that that's what you have? Well, the problem I don't care whether you got leaky gut or not. Oh, okay. I, I don't care <laughs> because they 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 decided leaky gut so that they can treat it with some magical chemical yeah. they have. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you understand? They can't. They need a, a name or a, a on leaky gut in order to give them this magical chemical. We just heal the digestive tract, and leaky gut goes away. If you had leaky gut, great. If you didn't, I don't care. If you're feeling better, you're, that's Colser, our. That's the difference in our philosophy. Colser is so phenomenally effective. It it works on anything, whether it's leaky gut or the diverticulitis. No matter what it is, it takes care of. We've even seen it really take care of Crohn's. And so what all kind sorts of, of issues. Does it take for the healing? Depends sure on the issue. Varies. Usually, if you've had it for a year, then give it about um, at least a month to start taking to take care of it. If you've had it for five years, give it five months. Okay. So is it something like if I gave it to my daughter to take, would she have to take it for a while and then? Is it something she'll take forever, or just yeah, that's no? Enough. She no, won't she take forever. She'll take it till long enough to the issues are solved. And then, and then if she stops taking, they come back. She needs to continue to take it for a while. So because it didn't solve it, it just looked like it solved it. Okay. And I think Karen had a question over here, and then we'll come back to mom. Um, about the pH, someone asked me when do you take your pH if you're testing your own urine pH? The same time every day. That's what I told them. Because the tendency of pH is it's better in the morning than in the evening. It, you, we get acidic as the day goes by. Okay. However, if you if it, if it's different, then you're not recovering at night. You're not resting well. And oftentimes, if you take it shortly after you've eaten, you're testing more of your meal than you are of just your general pH. Do it first thing in the morning. Just, you know, that's easy so, just an example of things that happen. We're taking care of a woman that is elderly that has been diagnosed with a third stage third stage kidney disease and we've been giving her bladney and um, what other ones would we just I mean I just remember Bladney's Bladney. the main one that's doing she's what drinking more she's eating better the thing that we're seeing is that sediment like gravel or sand when she urinates like when she urinates sometimes in the toilet bowl there is a tablespoon of sediment in there that she's getting rid of 
she's feeling so much better. But, but it's, it's not so big that it's painful for her. No, it's she not big at all. It she just doesn't even goes know. through. But there's discoloration and smell and getting rid of all that gravel. So the We're idea saying, is, to, awesome. is to solve the problem. We don't use the word cure because that's a, a medical no-no. Okay? <laughs> but if we feed and nourish and clean up the body, it's an advantage to the entire system. And talking about the digestive system, the digestive system is where all health comes from. You're health only disease. as healthy as your digestive tract. Uh, they call, um, in one of my medical te herbal texts, it calls constipation the disease of diseases. Because if it doesn't get out of your body, everything that all the putrefaction that's supposed to go out will be absorbed into the bloodstream to get out some other way. Your body's going to get it out. If it doesn't go out through your bowels, it'll try to get it out through the skin. It'll try to get it out through the urinary tract. Our body has several different ways to get rid of toxins. It has our liver that gets rid of toxins, but it drops that into the colon. It has the kidneys and the bladder that get rid of toxins, and it goes through the urinary tract. And then it has our skin that gets rid of it through the skin. And we have our lungs that get rid of it as we expel, uh, as we <laughs> breathe. But if those um, organs aren't working to detoxify ourselves, then that's where a lot of health issues come from because we, as Dr. James said, get rid of like 5 billion or 10 billion cells a day. They die, and that's a natural function of our body that they have to get we have to get rid of that. But if our, digest if our colon isn't getting rid of everything that it's supposed to, then it's going to stay there for a long time and get reabsorbed, and our body is incapable of getting rid of all the toxins that it constantly has to get rid of. So do you always start then, I, I think I hear you saying, you always start with the colon and get that squared away first and move on? No? No. 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 Most people that come into the clinic need success as fast as possible. So I try to find what they're going to have the most success with quickest so that they're, wow, on my side, I better take these herbs Dr. James tells me because I'm going to get better. I try to give them a positive experience. But if I've worked with you before, then it's clear-cut. We'll deal with whatever you have, arthritis, aches, pains, tooth, whatever. Okay, So it's not all the same thing. However, Hippocrates stated that all illness comes from the digestive tract, so we cannot ignore the, the, the bowels moving properly, the, di the digestive function. So we but can't also, ignore that. On the other hand, we always teach people how to start eating better because that affects our digestive tract. And so in anything we do, we, we usually, when it comes to herbs and what formulas we give them, we usually focus on whatever their, their ailment is or what's most bothering them. But we always talk to them about diet and affecting their diet because that's going to help take care of their ailment, plus also take care of their digestive issues. And we usually ask them whether their, um, their bowels move regularly because that's really important in almost any ailment. So what's regular? To some degree, what's normal? What's normal? At least once a day, but it should be about three. If you think about it, the, the food that takes the longest time to go through our body is protein. It should only take eight hours. If you combine it with starch, it can take 24 hours to go through your system. So max time is 24 hours a day. 24 hours, sorry. Um, so if you eat three times a day, um, then you should go three times a day because that's 24 hours from the last time you ate. When I was a kid, I used to think, well, is there a waiting room in my Inside, I eat three times a day, and I don't go to the bathroom once a day, maybe. And I always wonder, you know, what's the deal there? What is there a waiting room for it to get enough to move? You know, I used to wonder about that. We ought to feel the urge to defecate thirty minutes to an hour after every meal. 
That's the way our bodies are created. Okay. I have patients that if their bowels don't move, they go loopy. I mean, they and then 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 they're they're taking pain pills for their knees and their ankles and their back because the only reason is because they've been constipated for four days and 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 they're starting to ache and they're starting to hurt. So would I treat arthritis in that case or the knee cartilage? No, I'd make sure their bowels are working. And yeah. about if it doesn't go like if protein isn't out of your body within eight hours then you start absorbing the stuff you didn't need, the stuff that's supposed to be gotten rid of. So if your food isn't getting out, then you're reabsorbing toxins that should have been out. These are the fibers that are processed out of our foods that should make our bowels function. This elderly woman that we're taking care of, wow, can we witness it. I can keep, I keep her bowels so that she's going once a day. And but let me tell you, if it backs up to two, and then it gets to three, literally, she becomes inco incoherent. I mean, she just, and, and her back hurts so bad, or her knees or her ankles, that she can't stand up and walk, that she's just whining the whole time. And we have found, though, if we keep her bowels moving once a day, all of those symptoms are gone. However, she's had bowel problems all her life in, in talking with her. So bowel health is, is tremendously important to take care of. I think most all of uh, restless leg syndromes could probably be 50 to 75 percent solved if you watch the bowels. And most digestive, most digestive and bowel issues can be solved by what you eat. A lot of it has to do with grains. Grains have so much fiber in them and beans have amazing fiber in them and there's so many things that we can eat, and uh, vegetables have awesome fiber and stuff that helps it to move through our system. But in America, what do we eat today? Steak and potatoes. <laughs> or and something that, along those lines. And that doesn't move. We always combine uh, proteins with our starches. And so we have something that's awesome that would have moved through our system. Either one of them would have moved through our system well, but putting them together, they start to clog us up and cause problems. And then once you've already got that back up, it's hard to get caught up again and have your bowels back to where they should be. No more hamburgers and french fries? No more hamburgers and french fries. <laughs> you can have hamburgers. You can have but, hamburgers. Yeah. But the hamburger and an hour have your french fries. But the hamburger but, doesn't go with your bread. Sprout your potatoes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of our potatoes are sprouted. That brings up another subject that uh, ties in with gluten. Uh, you know, being, you just start with the subject and you kind of go That's crazy nice. here. Uh, french fries are good good food. You make them better by frying them in coconut oil. Coconut oil feeds and nourishes the liver. It feeds and nourishes the brain. There's absolutely nothing wrong with coconut oil. You should look for opportunities to fry something in it because coconut oil is awesome food. It needs to be a good quality unprocessed uh, un, uh, Oil unrefined. Like, unrefined. Thank you. I was hunting for that word. Um, I like something you get at a health food store. Coconut oil is not expensive. Are you going to go over washing coconut oil? Not yet. Okay, I will. Let me say something okay. first before you do that. Um, I was going to say that um, the elimination of oils or the fat-free diet has caused a lot of havoc. 
it actually puts weight on people and all kinds of stuff. The processes that they have to do to get it to low fat, give it more calories, add more excitotoxins, all kinds of stuff. You need the fat. You need the oils. Meats digest better with the fat. Quit cutting it off and buying all these lean pieces. It doesn't digest well, you know? And um, people are just afraid of that everything. There can be a whole discussion alone on just oils. Well, there's something to, to say along the lines of the fat on the meat, is that fat is where toxins are stored in our body. If we have extra fat on our body, we store toxins there. If an animal is unhealthy and you don't know it, that it was raised well and is organic or whatever, then the fat on that animal is going to be where all the toxins are. That's where the uh, growth hormones are going to be. That's where all of those things are going to end up. So if you have a good quality meat, you should have it with the fats on it and all of those things because they're awesome. But if it's an, a bad quality meat, then you are a little better off having it lean because you don't know what's in that fat. But then don't be afraid to fry it and put some butter in there or put something Another in there. Another good butter. quality oils. The good quality oils, you can add it. If you're not eating the animal fat, you ought to have fat with your meat. Okay, I, just digest I had them bring some coconut oil over to me off the shelf, which is absolutely not going to illustrate what I wanted to talk about. I want to know how much this, this jug of coconut oil is. $39. How do you know that, right? Because it's right there. Oh, I didn't see it. They put it on the barcode. Okay, so this is $39. Now, if we're going to cook French fries the old-fashioned way, like my parents did, I'd use half of this to cook French fries. Oh, my goodness, that's expensive. However, coconut oil, if it's a good quality of coconut oil, can be washed. You can use every drop of this oil. When it's... You know, at, at the old cooks used to pour the grease into a sieve and into another bottle and you'd have oil. Well, you do that with coconut oil. Then you take a pan of warm water, because this melts at a very, what, 72 degrees. Yeah. And you dump it in there and you stir it up. You get it warm enough to, to let it not be solid. And all the particulates will fall out of the water, fall out of the oil to the bottom. And this will be on the top. And, and then, and then the coconut oil is on the top. You stick it somewhere cold and then you peel it off, pat it dry, and use it again. And if you want to make sure all the water is out of it, you can put it back in a pan and heat it up and make sure all the water is out of it so it'll store a little bit longer. So you can wash good quality of oils, but you can't with others because you concentrate the toxins. If we grow a pig, though, and it's really good and everything, and we render our own lard or... Uh, do anything like that. You can also wash anything like that. You can wash any oil that you oh, want. Oh, commercial. You can wash any animal fat. So if you grow and raise your own organic chickens and all that kind of stuff, and you fry them and you have fat left over or anything like that, you can wash any of them so that they'll be clear and clean and not have all the little particulates in it, you know, if you don't want it we, there. We throw some coconut oil in our um, smoothie in the morning. Yeah, you do that really careful and you can get away with it. Yeah. And if you yeah. just plop it in there, it's like you get this big... I have a story about coconut oil. Because it gets hard, I was teaching a class and I made some ice cream and I put coconut oil in it. And I want you to know that that ice cream maker took all that coconut oil out of there. Coconut oil. And I had chunks of coconut oil over here and I had ice cream without any oil whatsoever. So be careful what you use. But it works. It works. And that's what we use. We use it a lot instead of any other oil. Um, even with, instead of Crisco or butter or whatever, 
but we find whenever we're mixing it up in um, in flour or whatever, we always take the water for that mixture and warm it up a little bit with the oil so it melts the oil. And then when you put that water in there, it warms everything else up so you don't get the chunks of coconut oil in your mix. It doesn't make good bearing grease. However, we don't have any <laughs> bearings in our body. Okay? That's lucky. Okay. So, it, and it's a light oil. It doesn't render as many calories. In fact, you can drop coconut oil on a fabric, and a lot of times it will dissipate to where it doesn't have, you know, that oil drop. That, so it it's, feeds and nourishes the liver. Are there any other last question? We want to wind this up here fairly soon uh, we've got another 15 minutes what's that speak up a lymph cleanse how do you know when you need a lymph cleanse uh, well it check and see if you're human <laughs> okay a lymph cleanse generally it are you retaining fluids uh, well, that's all women many times okay uh, skin eruptions uh, dry skin, cellulite, um, those type of things would be indication of that. We do uh, uh, thermographies, which is a heat sensitive pictures that actually can tell when you need that. However, uh, it's a good, you need to realize that there's several organs that if you keep clean, the body functions better, just absolutely better. You clean up those, you, you trim up, you, you feel better, and that's the liver, the bowels, the kidneys, and the lymphatic. So you periodically... And the lungs. And the skin. <laughs> so there's a, there's, but if you clean those up, it takes the pressure off the lungs. It takes the pressure off the skin, so I've, revalid, I've validated myself there. Uh, but I believe that every month, you ought to, every, every month, every other month, if you're not feeling well, you ought to pick an organ to clean up. Either with herbs that will generate that or specific diets and cleanses. Along that aspect, I was surprised. I uh, We had a liver cleanse, and I figured, ah, I'll give it a try to see what it does. So I figured I wouldn't get anything out. I got kidney stones. I got gallstones out that big. A lot of them. Right. Out Tell of us your first. liver. Yeah. Uh, well, out of the gallbladder. It goes through the gallbladder. But, yeah, gallstones, that big. A lot of them. I'm 27 years old. I didn't think I would have anything in my liver. But the liver does so much in getting rid of chemicals. Any chemical imbalance in your blood has to go through the liver for the liver to balance out that. It has such a tremendous strain on it that I bet you anyone here does a liver cleanse, you're going to get a lot of junk out. From stone to chaff. Yeah. And that's, that's Sometimes you get chaff and it just floats on the top of the toilet and it's just like a whole bunch of green sand that completely covers the top of the toilet bowl. I had an individual call me one time wondering if they did it wrong because they said, when I sit down on the toilet, it sounds like I'm shooting babies. You know, ping, 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 ping. No, you're doing a great job. <laughs> you know, and, and you hear about fatty livers and things like that. That's because of the diets that we have. So cleaning out the organs that purify our bodies makes such sense uh, for your health. And, and it will help every every facet of your body. A lot of those also lend to digestive issues because your liver has a lot to do with how you digest fats. And if you aren't digesting fats a lot, sometimes you can get diarrhea. Um, oftentimes the reason why our bowels will be loose is because an extra amount of bile in the, the digestive tract. Actually, Cleanlax, one of our... Um, formulas we use to help the digestive tract get moving. Um, it can give you diarrhea if you take too much. It actually encourages the liver 
to produce more bile and put it into the digestive into the colon and that's what moves everything out so you can all it always benefits your digestive tract to take care of your um, liver and your eyes too all eye problems are all eye problems. problems come from your liver so you clean up the liver and the eyes except for getting yourself poked in the eye that eye problem did not come from the liver <laughs> Uh, one of the things that, that we have a formula called uh, EyeBright that helps, uh, has a, an awesome effect on the eyes. Uh, Karen uh, combined that with the formula called Tissue Man, telling stories about her. Um, and it, it took her over the top with the therapy in her eyes because uh, there was probably a nutrient deficiency that the liver needed that wasn't getting. So, so the bottom line, our philosophy, if you haven't ga gathered it, is that we were created so we can heal ourselves. But we get plugged up with stuff. You know, our, our livers and our, the organs that should purify our bodies get kind of plugged up and sluggish. So if we purify those and help them, clean them up, and good, then when we eat good wholesome foods, our digestive tract absorbs those things, and it's positive to the entire body. So you're, you're a little dancer. I know she's she will shy away from certain foods because she's got a performance yep. and she wants to be in control when in reality she needs to take a uh, sabbatical and decide, okay, I'm going to clean my body up. I'm going to do some uh, some fasting, some diet, some liver flushes, a digestive tract work and, and do some positive things for herself so that she doesn't have to do those abusive things of I'm going to just eat cheese because that's going to plug me up and I can get through this performance. Now, I'm not slamming cheese, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to encourage that type of, of thought to change. Because she wants to perform, well, she may need to take some time and clean herself up. Gluten intolerance grows from our processed foods and improper food combining. With work, people can work back into eating whole grains which is the staff of life. We're to the end here. I'm sorry. I appreciate you coming. I really do. If you have questions the next day or so because you think back on what we talked about, email us those questions and we will address those questions either written or we'll do a podcast that you can listen to. If we do a podcast on your particular question, we will contact you and let you know what the link is. Thank you. Can I get another one of these? Absolutely.